0: Welcome to Caribbean Mystics Podcast,
1: where we marry mysticism, superstition, and lore. I'm your host, Paulina.
0: And I'm your host, Gabrielle. And we are your resident Caribbean mystics.
1: Join us today as we explore the depths of real supernatural stories
0: told by real people located right in our very own backyard. Nicole, a charismatic vivacious 25-year-old, has just moved into a new home on the island of St. Thomas with her significant other and best friend. Strange, unexplained occurrences become frequent in the home, and Nicole finds herself at the center of a spiritual attack. What has she done to anger this spirit, and how will she get out of this precarious situation?
2: mid-twenties, I was dating this guy, and we were looking for a new place, and we managed to discover this amazing house for rent. It was inexpensive, and we were like, this is going to be perfect. My college roommate, who was a really good friend of mine, was like, thinking about moving down to the Persian Islands. I miss you and I have come to visit a couple of times and want to live that island lifestyle. And I was like, well, come on down. We're renting this massive three bedroom, three and a half bathroom house. So, you know, come room with us and we'll divide the rent. I was excited to live with her because I knew that, you know, it was going to be great to have my friend from Pennsylvania move all the way down to the Virgin Islands and, you know, and party together. And it would have been fantastic. So we discovered this house for rent. It was overlooking the harbor of St. Thomas and it was beautiful because you got to see the boats going by and the water and you know the view there is just fantastic Um, I think the most memorable thing about it was that we were very close to the Besholti farms and so there was a ton of goats and so you'd always hear the goats and the chickens but at $1,800 a month for a three bedroom three and a half bath like you can get past the goats found this thing on Facebook, went to visit it a couple of times. Couldn't figure out why, but it was vacant and it was furnished, which is not something that I usually like. I prefer my own furniture, but it was there and, you know, with the price, we could deal with that. So we decided to move in and my friend Colleen flew down and she had her own room, and then we had our own separate floor, my boyfriend and I, upstairs, and that was the master. It had this beautiful, heavy, four-poster mahogany bed in the room, that even if I wanted to get rid of it, it would have taken like six guys to even try and get it out, to, to lift it, but then it was also up the stairs, so it just wasn't going anywhere. But we decided, okay, we'll just replace the mattress and that'll be our bed. For the first few weeks, I would say that things were were good. We were all trying to acclimate with living together in this new living situation. I was, you know, a nightclub bartender. We all had about the same hours. So, you know, we were all like partying at night, sleeping in all day, uh, that kind of thing. It was maybe month two, that we finally got around to making the space feel like our own. The walls were yellow, but then had been sponge painted metallic gold on top. We decided that we would paint, which we had full permission from the property management company to do. So we painted the walls blue. To kind of go with the ocean because we had this fabulous ocean view and then the kitchen the cabinets had like these weird like dolls tiny little dolls they're called worry dolls and they're like made out of straw and you're supposed to tell them all of your worries and then put them away they were glued to the cabinet doors with like pieces of sea glass and pieces of crystal and again I contacted the property management company and I was like can we change this and they were like sure go ahead And you know as long as you don't damage the exterior structure of the house to make it you know unsound then you feel free to do whatever you want took the cabinet door doors down and I sanded them all down and I took off the worry dolls because I mean who wants worry dolls on their doors I don't know and repainted them and put them back up changed out the light fixtures in the kitchen changed out the dining room table there was also a really weird just off the kitchen it was a half bath with French doors opening into the dining room and it had a toilet and then it had a shower head, but no shower. It just, it, like, it made no sense as to why that would exist. And so I have no idea. Honestly, I feel like one day out of the blue, I was in bed and could not get out of bed. I had no drive, I had no will, but I literally felt like I was glued to the bed, like I had melted into the mattress, and I felt like that was the day that I started to feel as though I had been emotionally drained and couldn't function, and things started to get a little weird we had like a Bluetooth speaker in our master bathroom and we would listen to music like in the shower or whatever. And every once in a while, this Bluetooth speaker would just turn on and start playing Beyonce. And it wasn't like, I didn't have Beyonce on my phone. My boyfriend didn't have, definitely didn't have Beyonce on his phone. And, you know, it was like all the single ladies would just like Start playing in the bathroom, and it wasn't a power surge, it wasn't plugged in it was a battery like it was a char, you know like a rechargeable Bluetooth speaker. It would be in the middle of the night, and you know we'd either be like watching TV or getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden you just hear all the single ladies and that was like the first thing I have dogs and one of the dogs started to become really grumpy like it wasn't that wasn't really like his his temperament and at first I was like you know is this something psychological with you do we need to worry about this but he would in the middle of the night start just growling and growling and growling at different points at the ceiling He was looking at things. And the other dogs weren't too sensitive about it. But this one particular dog, his name is Ponce. It got to the point where we couldn't even let him in the bedroom. It made us a little uncomfortable. So we were like, okay, well, we'll leave Ponce downstairs. Throughout this time, several weeks are going by. I'm normally a pretty perky person. I'm normally a person who likes to get up and do things. And I'm also a person who likes to work. So I've always had at least two jobs, if not three. I just started to let these multiple jobs go to the finally I had just my one job so that I could pay my portion of the rent. But even that it felt like leaving the house was almost physically painful. Going out into the world, into the sunshine. It was like being a vampire; like my skin felt like it would burn if I left the house. On those days where I didn't have to work, I literally was just in that master bed, eating, watching TV, and not going. Anywhere. Okay. The fortunate thing about living on an island that is so small is that you have people who know people. My mother's friend. She came over one day and she was like, Oh, I know this house. There's a real sad story behind the woman that owned this house. She had two sons and she contracted cancer and she passed away. The sons obviously didn't want to have anything to do with the house, but they own it. But they didn't want to live here. They had, you know, they set up lives elsewhere. So they rented out. I can't believe that this is the house that you live in. Well, you know, it's great. But I remember it looking a little different. Yeah, well, you know, I made some changes. I painted, I did the cabinets, I changed the light fixtures. Well, you know, I don't mean to freak you out, but she died in this house. Excuse me, what? That was her room upstairs, and she died in the house, and she didn't want to go anywhere. She didn't want to go to the doctor, so she passed away in this house, because this was her house. That's a little <laughs> more than I think I was ready to accept and handle but I was locked into a lease and like what was I gonna do I was gonna like say hey the lady dead in the, in the bed and I have to go. It is what it is. My mother's friend kept saying we're gonna come and we're gonna bless the house and we're gonna cleanse it just to make sure that the energy is clear. When you move into a house or take over a space that has possessions of the deceased a lot of times some of their energy stays within those things but as life goes yeah I'm gonna come this day Oh, I can't make it today I'm gonna come next week time just goes by so we never actually got to cleanse the space as I began to live there more the more depressed I got to the point that I actually had to get on antidepressants. I was losing the will to live. At the same time my friend and roommate Colleen started to make some not-so-great decisions. I had an occasional drug use but it became pretty heavy. I had lent her my dad's car she crashed it. I had lent her my car she crashed it and didn't really want to pay for repairs, which was shocking to me because that's not the person that I knew that I had befriended. Lost her job, started bringing home really shady random men. That to me was straw that broke the camel's back. I don't really care what you do out in the streets, just don't compromise my safety. She started getting upset because, like, I had dogs and they would bark when she came home. And I was like, I kind of want the dogs to bark to let me know that you're bringing home random people. One day out of the blue, she came to me and my then boyfriend and was like, I'm moving out tomorrow. Can you, like, pay for this month's upcoming rent so that we can get through and prepared? And she lost it and was like, hell no. I want nothing to do with you anymore. I'm moving out. And we'd been friends for years at this point, like almost seven years. I know that this island can really suck someone in and spit you out, a completely different person at the end of it. Kind of wanted to chalk it up to that. Next day, I came home and her bedroom was empty. And that was kind of it. And I, to this day, still haven't spoken to her. So after she moved out... (laughs) came to a point where my boyfriend was like, you need to do something. You're emotionally draining to me. We've really got to work on this. I could not pull myself out of this fog. There was no light in my life. I was just seated in darkness. Finally, another friend of my mother's who lives in New York City what he calls himself is a a psychic medium. He has always said that he can be in touch with people who have passed on and he reads energies, basically sees dead people. Me at 25, I'm like, okay, psycho, whatever you say. So I never really forged a huge relationship with him because I didn't need to know about things that I didn't want to know about. He called me out of the blue from New York and he was like, Nicole, I just dreamt about you. I am now having visions. You have moved into a house that you need to leave. And I'm like, I love this house at this point. I have this almost munch house. And it's like, I, you know, like I'm so attached to this house that God forbid I ever leave it. I'm so drained and I'm angry and I'm sad all the time. What do you mean I have to leave this house? I can't go anywhere. And he was like... The woman that owned the house is still there. And she is out to get you. I don't know how anybody is actually supposed to respond to like, hey, ghost is out to get you. I kind of took it in stride and I was like, okay. And he was like, I know what you're feeling. This this sense of dread of having to ever leave the house is not you. It's her. She's upset with you. Let me tell you about this house. It's got this living room and this kitchen and this master bedroom upstairs and two bedrooms downstairs and this weird, funky bathroom off the dining room. He's never been to St. Thomas. He's never been to my house. He's literally pulling this from... Whatever, from wherever. And like that part really solidified it for me because I was like, this, there's no way that you could have known that. I mean, it's not like you called my mom and my mom was like, yeah, I have a picture. I'll send it to you. Like, no. It was just mind blowing the details that he was able to point out. And he was like, you have to go. You have to get out. Well, where am I going to go? Like, it's not like I can just pick up and move. Somewhere, I don't have another place. I've got to find another apartment. And he was like, Break your lease. It's worth it. In the meantime, while you find another apartment, you need to move out of that bedroom because her energy is stored there. Move to a different bedroom, go downstairs. And it just so happened that because Colleen had moved out, I had a bedroom to sleep in. So he's like, sleep downstairs until you can get a space and just go. You need to make a peace offering because you pissed her off. And I'm like, I pissed her off. Like, what are you talking about? The energy I'm picking up is that she's really emotionally attached to this space and you must have done something and she doesn't want you in it anymore. He's like, go outside, pick some white flowers, put them in a vase, put the vase upstairs, say, I'm sorry, shut the door, never go in there again. He finishes the call and he's like, "Listen, I'm going to say a prayer with you. I'm going to say the Archangel Michael prayer for protection." So he says it with me, and in, in different Michael, points you say, angel, "Amen,"
1: and battle. you know he's reciting Be this prayer. Protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. I humbly pray.
2: In the downstairs bedroom with the room shut and outside the door, my dogs start freaking out, barking. And as the prayer continues, they start scratching at the door, howling. By the time the prayer is finished, all of my dogs are now completely distraught. That right there, for me, I was like, okay, they sense it. All of the dogs now sense it, and now it's time for me to go. I moved into my next apartment, and within days, my whole outlook on life had changed. And I was able to kind of shake that funk that I was living in. I was able to get off antidepressants. In the process of moving out, people kind of come out of the woodwork, and they're like, the woman that owned the house she hand sponged painted those walls gold with yellow and she and her sons had decorated those cabinet doors together and picked out the light fixtures and she was very focused and prideful on her home it makes absolute sense that me coming in there and changing everything would provoke her to literally suck the energy out of my body and to literally find ways to make me leave because I had destroyed these memories that she had built. And I'll tell you now, I get goosebumps driving past that house to this day been eight years. I've known people who have moved in there and have shortly moved back out. I just, I can't go near it again. But I know that the moral of the story is that anytime you do move into a space and it has belonged to someone else, you want to make sure that there are no remnants of that person. There are no valuables. There are no furniture. There's nothing. Take it out. Because... You really never know what's lying and waiting for you.
0: Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? That was an incredible story.
1: Yes, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Caribbean Mystics. I'm your host, Gabrielle. I'm Paulina. This episode, we're going to talk about Nicole's classic haunting. I think this story is is like what I just said. I think it's just like a very classic haunted house story.
0: Absolutely. And I think that what makes... Nicole's story so interesting is it almost feels like it has like a beginning, a climax and then a conclusion to it. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel too open ended. It kind of feels like we came around to the full circle of the story, which I appreciate because oftentimes these stories lend themselves to be ending in a very ambiguous manner, you know?
1: Yes. You never find out what made the bump in the night. Who were the previous owners? What happened in that house? And this one was completely full circle. So I agree. And I just want to put out there that I've been to this house a very long time ago when Nicole first got it. And I remember she was like very proud to show it off. She's not kidding. It was a very strange layout. It starts into a hallway. There's a master bedroom upstairs, but it's not really upstairs. It's just three stairs leveling up. And then the guest room, three stairs leveling down. The living room slash kitchen is exactly what she described. It's got the weird French doors that open to this random bathroom in the living room. And I remember asking Nicole, I'm like, what's up with this? There's a toilet in your living room and the doors were glass. They were glass doors, too. It just didn't make sense. So as someone who's been in a house,
0: like, what did you think about the energy looking back on it now?
1: It's so funny because... Honestly, it makes sense. I remember walking in there and just feeling kind of this oppressive um, air about it. It was, I don't want to say dark, but it was heavy. But I was just in there for momentarily, you know, I remember Nicole in that phase of her life because I actually ran into her when she was leaving the um, psychiatrist's office we were both kind of going through our ups and downs at that point. And she was like, yeah, I'm I'm really going through it right now. And I'm like, what? You? Nicole's very usually a chipper person. Wouldn't expect her to be going through these kind of changes. I
0: definitely later on in the conversation, I definitely want to draw back reference to what you just said, because I wonder how much of that shift in energy actually impacted Colleen who left you know halfway be- in the story um mm-hmm. but i wonder how much of it affected her and then affected their friendship but we'll get there yes um, i was particularly intrigued when i was hearing her description you know like when it came time to the editing i was a little bit concerned about it being too long that or early- that description that opens up the story But when you get to the end of the story, you realize how important that description is as it relates to your general understanding of just how much this entity was attached to her home when she was in her human form. And I think that a shortened, condensed description would not have done the story justice in really emphasizing how connected this woman was and how much anger she felt in all of the shifts that nicole had rightfully made to the house that she was paying rent for specifically one of those changes that was kind of not one of the changes but one of the aspects of the house that was very when i heard it i was like oh this sounds like the build up of a crazy story (laughs) is them worry dolls
1: oh yeah Oh, yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was editing it, I was like, okay, I know this is kind of long, but I promise it's going to all make sense in the end. And I felt the same way when Nicole was telling me the story. She's going into a lot of detail. Nicole was a great storyteller. Yeah, let's get into those worry dolls. At first, I didn't know what the hell she was describing. I was like, what dolls? And then I'm like, I remember making those as a child, just breaking a couple toothpicks in half, wrapping them around with twine or yarn. But when I started researching what are worry dolls, I had no idea the history behind it.
0: It seems like you and I were in the same vein because I also did research on the worry dolls and I didn't realize that they were actually of South American origin.
1: Me neither. I thought they might have been like a Caribbean thing.
0: I feel like in the Caribbean we have like dolls. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. don't know what they would be called, but I know we have like our own version of dolls. But I don't think you're supposed to tell them anything like the worry dolls based off of the lore mm-hmm. that I read. And it seems like it's um, it's changes based off of the culture that's observing it at that point in time. But it seems like the general gist is that you would create these dolls. And when you're up at night and you're anxious, you would tell the dolls what your worries are and they mm-hmm. would carry the worries away for you.
1: Yes. So I'll read a quote from um, shamansmarket.com and it says pretty much what you said. The indigenous people of the highlands in Guatemala created worry dolls many generations ago as a remedy. According to the Mayan legend, when worrying keeps a person awake, they tell it to the doll. Then they place it under the pillow and the dolls are supposed to take the worrying for the person so they can sleep peacefully. Or they put them in a cloth pouch or in a box. You know, a lot of us, when we made those, I don't think we knew that. And I'm not sure if the homeowner did either because, um, you know, they were glued to the cabinet. (laughs) Starring. I would be kind of freaked out, too, if I'm in there. I'm like, what?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And just, I mean, seeing it, I could imagine it's jarring because, like, mainstream media does a really good job at making us feel completely creeped out at our dolls. I used to get gifted these porcelain dolls as a child and Ooh. after those scary stories started rolling out about them, like I mm-hmm. used to hide them away because I didn't want them staring at me in the night. Because there was so much stigma now around having dolls in your bedroom. But the second thing in Nicole's story that actually um, you know piqued interest was the Bluetooth speaker and how it wasn't connected to the wall and so it was like battery. Operated, but it seemed to just turn itself on in the middle of the night with no explanation. And all the single ladies.
1: <laughs> yes. That was her jam. I guess that was her <laughs> jam. Maybe that's what she put when she was cleaning, you know, doing her thing. But mama was in the beehive. Yes. <laughs> she could have picked, she could have picked any song. Okay. The spirit chose Beyonce.
0: Yeah. I
1: love her. <laughs> facts
0: but just to get into a little bit about the um bluetooth turning on randomly you know i have read different books and i've seen different interviews with people who kind of explain this um supernatural phenomenon and part of the explanation is that in order for these Entities to be able to manifest in order for them to have the energy to pitch something across the room or to you know flicker the lights or to turn off the TV, there needs to be some sort of energetic source. This is an energy that they within themselves have because they're not an, a physical entity, and so you'll find that in many stories that have to do with that haunting. Think back at your the scary movies you may have watched. Oftentimes, the homes have electrical problems. They'll have these random things that keep breaking down in the attic or in the basement and the heater and the furnace and the this and the that. The idea is that these entities are are drawing their energy from these energetic sources. And in instances where they don't have an energetic source to draw from or it's more convenient, they tend to draw from people, which also explains why Nicole started feeling a severe depletion of energy. Because she was actively having something drain her of her energy. And I've, you know, and just speaking about like myth and legend, there is a legend that says that when you have a full night's sleep and you wake up in the morning and you still feel exhausted as if you haven't slept at all, it's because you had something standing over you at night, like a succubus draining you of your energy. Mm.
1: Yes. So with the draining of the energy, it made me think a lot of those really corny haunting shows like ghost hunters you ever watch those on discovery or something it's it's so cliche and some of them are so over the top and sarcastic but it's always the same kind of dysfunctions they get They're like i just charged all these batteries like it just drained my cell phone just drained my camera so a lot of these people now come prepare these like paranormal experts that survey these homes or locations which side note i kind of find a little bit disrespectful I mean, I guess depending how you go about the investigation, you know what I mean. Um, especially that one show, that one show with that kind of douchey dude. You know what it is. Is I? It, I don't remember. Are you talking about a haunting? I think it's called Ghost Hunters, mm. and he's been around for a very long time. But he's always like, "Yo, come at me, ghost! Come on, <laughs> you want to fight?" <laughs> no, then uh, that's like
0: no, no, no. I can't. I under. I
1: agree. Uh, that's like
0: disrespectful. Especially I since agree. it's, it's painting this picture that these ghosts are these are our adversaries, and oftentimes these ghost entities, apparitions, come under the guise of protection, or they have actual feelings. Like, and I mm-hmm. think that this story kind of emphasizes that as oh, this woman cool. wasn't malicious; she wasn't pute- she wasn't purposefully trying to harm Nicole. She was trying to get Nicole out of her house. Because for this woman, this house was what she had. It was what she had poured herself into. And Mm -hmm. someone came and removed what she had worked so hard in. And we don't know the circumstances around her death. We don't know if it was something that was um, untimely. We don't know if it was something that was traumatic. And even if she had had her illness for years and knew that it was coming, for souls, it still can be very disruptive for them to leave their bodies especially if they're not ready especially if they don't know that their kids will be okay especially if there are celebrations that they looked forward to having but now will not be able to have
1: right I would feel the same way if I had passed and I had painted those walls with my kids made those worry dolls put so much care and time into your home with your family and then some bitch comes and moves in and like, no, nope, I want blue walls. <laughs> and of course, Nicole didn't know what she was doing. She wanted to live her best life and create a home for herself like any of us would moving into some, a new space.
0: I mean, whoever moves into a space and thinks, how can I <laughs> how can I make friends with whoever else still lives here in spirit? You know, that's not even a, a thought for most
1: people. There is a great episode. I'm going to share it with you. And maybe I'll put it in the the show notes too. But it's on my favorite podcast Spook. It's about a woman who's a sensitive. She's a medium, but she picks up on knowing and feelings. So she moved into this new house, very cute cottage. And immediately she could feel the sense of an older elderly woman. And she was telling her like, Oh, I painted this house. Don't you like this kitchen? Look in this cabinet. She opens a cabinet and finds her ID. And she's like, okay, that was my sign that she wanted to introduce herself. And then she also felt the energy of a more angry person in the basement. Turns out it's the husband. So she, day and night, lives with these two spirits, but is cohabitating with them in harmony in this home. So she's redoing things to her liking, but she's consulting the spirits as well. She's like, what do you think about this color? What about (laughs) this for the cabinet? It's kind of hilarious. And I've never heard a story quite like it. We'd absolutely love to receive that. I'm going to
0: speak for everybody and say, please share that in the show notes because it sounds super intriguing.
1: Yeah, it is. So back to it. Let's talk about the dogs. Let's talk about what was happening with them and also how dogs have these extrasensory perceptions that humans just don't. Studies show that dogs can see more than us. And I know that we
0: feel like we can see a lot of array of color. And yes, we can. But there are so much more colors that we don't see. And so dogs are able to see Various vibrations or frequencies are almost like ripples, and mm-hmm. they're also able to hear frequencies that we just can't hear, which is why you know companies could sell these bark proof <laughs> devices where you know it releases this very low pitch frequency that can't be picked up by human ears, but dogs can pick mm-hmm. it up. And so, with their connectedness, they're able to identify when there is an entity inside of a space. But maybe it hasn't presented itself just yet. For whatever reason, they're able to pick it up before we have the opportunity to even consider the idea that something is with us.
1: Which I feel kind of kind of steps on the line of more of the natural than just supernatural, because to us, it's supernatural because we can't perceive it yet. We maybe we haven't invented tools of science that can record it yet but these dogs have extra sensory natural perceptions like what you were saying they could also pick up movement with the hair and skin they're very sensitive to that their nose they have like the best nose in the animal kingdom these entities could very well be recorded and studied i think but i don't think we've like we've reached that yet
0: yeah i think what's interesting about dogs is i think that they're able to recognize too that these Entities are not of this world per se because the way that their reaction is to seeing things, it's almost like they're spooked, too. You know, that you don't really hear very many instances where dogs are you know like playing with an imaginary owner you know like oftentimes the dogs are having these very visceral reactions to whatever it is they're experiencing because i think that they are just as confused and mystified by the experience but what's interesting is that cats i feel have a deeper kinship with Mm. the dead i to say per se you know I feel like cats have a a kinship with that. And so you'll notice that cats have a very different reaction. If you see that a cat doesn't want to enter a room in your house, (laughs) it get dumpy. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Because usually they're very like unbothered.
1: Yes, very true. I mean, they were worshipped back in Egyptian era and they do have something magical about them. You hear some lore that cats are protectors as well while you sleep in from a evil yeah it's like I find it really interesting that a lot of dog owners will also tell you oh my dog always knows always barks at someone that has bad intentions I feel like they also have this sixth sense on a on a spiritual level but also they can sense when there is a person about to do bad
0: I agree and you know what I actually think the same about young children who aren't able to communicate I think that there's an extra connectedness that they have that is meant to be protective for them so you have a person like your child is completely like absolutely not wanting to go into the arms of another person don't force it like they're picking up on energy that you may not be picking up on it don't matter if there's the, the grandmother the uncle the auntie the cousin from two generations back i believe that young children specifically children who don't have the ability to know anything else are using energy to guide them and so if that Mm. is something that they are voicing in other ways than words it's important to allow that because you don't just don't know and i've heard the same about horses horses Mm -hmm. are very um connected to energy and so horses will let you know when a bad person is around because they don't fucks with them
1: (laughs) it's funny because my son is pretty like he'll take to almost anybody but there's this one person in particular he wants nothing to do with <laughs> at
0: all I don't know why he's like this he didn't have a laugh right?
1: today so let's move on because I know you wanted to talk about the behavioral shift that happened with yeah. Nicole and her roommate
0: yeah I felt like it was an interesting point to bring up the um, behavior changes that had happened to the people in the house I know Nicole specifically mentioned um colleen her mm-hmm. roommate starting to act outside of her normal behavior um and there being a lot of um disagreements and fighting and a little bit of toxic behavior going on there but i also remember nicole mm-hmm. ref- referencing her boyfriend coming to her one day and basically telling her like hey your energy is draining me and you need to fix whatever is going on with you so it seems like both nicole and Colleen were very energetically affected by whatever was inside of the house and i wonder how much of i wonder how much of the experiences nicole was having was also occurring to colleen and maybe they just never thought to think about it and i remember one particular story that i had listened to and it was of a man who is a psychic medium and his job is to go into other homes and um, specifically haunted homes and speak to the spirits that are there figure out why they're there what their message is what he needs to do in order to assist in their transition and then help them to finally transition on so the people that are living there could actually be in peace and one day he had gone to a home that had a particularly malevolent entity attached to it and he did his normal thing and he thought he had cleared the entity and he drives home and when he gets home he picks up a fight with his wife that had gotten pretty explosive and he starts telling her a lot of aggressive things uh a lot of demoralizing things in the middle of the argument he stops himself and he realizes what's happened and it's that this malevolent entity he thought that he had removed from his house had actually attached itself onto him and it was affecting his mood And it was affecting his communication and it was affecting his patience and how he was relating with his wife. And so because he had that self-awareness, he was able to clear the energy off of him and then to move forward with his life. Um, And I just imagine how much of us might have these shifts of energy or, you know, somebody for a long time and all of a sudden there's this huge shift in their disposition. And you have to ask yourself, like, what's gotten into you And when you think about that on an energetic level, it's just like, yeah, what has gotten into you? And so
1: I I wonder how much of that um, takes place. We have seen many people come and go. And I'm not I can't speak for every island, but at least our island, St. Thomas, USVI, you will tend to see a lot of people come down and they want to live like Nicole, quote, that island lifestyle and A lot of times they get very caught up in that lifestyle, whether it's like heavy drinking and partying and just enjoyment to the max where it becomes over. It becomes dangerous. Yes. Overindulgence. Perfect word. So it's such a toss up because it's like, was that the factor or was it this spirit or maybe it was a mix of both? I love that you use the word attachment because I felt like if I was a spirit and I was attaching For sustenance, this energy sustenance from these people, I would be like, Colleen is my upper. (laughs) Nicole is, you know, she's like my downer. That's kind of what was going on. Colleen went on one side of the spectrum and Nicole went on the total opposite side. You know, two sides of the same coin.
0: That's interesting
1: because I didn't even think about that. And when we talk
0: about attachments, you know, like there are a lot of items with energies attached to them as well, which breeds the importance of like energetic hygiene Especially in thrift, cult, thrift store or thrift shopping culture where people are trying to save a buck or people are trying to find more sustainable ways to, um, you know, dress up and look nice. We go to thrift stores and we get items and we oftentimes don't think to cleanse them, to clear them, which you could do in a variety of ways. But when you take these items from someone or from a place, you actually don't know what's on them. You don't know what people have done with them. You don't know what they were used for. I've heard of all types of stories of people having an entity and actually casting the entity into an object so that way it can be off of them. And then it just so happens that that object ends up into the hands of somebody else.
1: One more thing is I also wonder if they had any kind of body pains because sometimes you will feel this on a physical level as well. And not just yeah. like mentally or spiritually. The thrift store, we were talking about possessions as well. Yeah, you're right. Her house was full of it. Her house was full of this woman's cherished items.
0: She was literally sleeping on the woman mahogany bed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that shit. You know, like, I don't even know if she... I, the part of the story nicole said she died in the house so that means she died in that same mahogany bed yes
1: and that's why the medium (laughs) is like get out of her room (laughs) leave that woman bed alone (laughs) nicole had no idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) which we're laughing about now but i I can imagine when she got that information how unnerving it was Like, your sleep is, like, sacred time, you know? Like, it's very... Even if you're not someone who believes in spirits and ghosts and any of what we're talking about right now like we all i think could feel unnerved if someone passes on a bed i had a roommate who used to carry around her grandfather's pillow that he died on and she came with it yeah it was when i was at the university of tampa and she came with it to tampa and i had a really scary experience one night and i tell she and her grandfather pillow that they needed to leave the room yeah it was intense I actually think we should save it for like an episode that we do when we talk about our own supernatural encounters but my story really good so you check us episode 9 of season one and I'm gonna swing through with it because it's a pretty good story. I think the overarching theme of Nicole's story actually is going to be the importance of energetic hygiene. Um, For those of you who don't know energetic hygiene is just as important as bathing every day um or going to a mental health professional if you feel like you're in need. Um it's the idea that you are constantly clearing your energy because everything carries energy. Especially if you're going to move into a new place where other people have resided before, it tends to still hold on to a lot of the energy that the prior family um, brought. And you don't want to end up in an instance with you having a entity in your home that you may not be welcoming, bringing energy that you don't welcome. So what does energy energetic hygiene look like? I know locally in the Caribbean, we have a lot of ways in which we clear energy. Salt is going to be a huge staple in Caribbean households um, using salt because salt is an absorber of impurities. Um, You could put it around your door frames. You could put it around your windowsills. Also, in a couple of our stories that are coming up, you'll notice a common theme having to do with salt. So this won't Mm -hmm. be the first or last time you hear about us talking about the importance of salt.
1: You hear it a lot, too. Not just in Caribbean culture, but like... Like all over. In all magical systems. Absolutely. Yeah, Florida water
0: is going to be big. I know that it's widely used in the Hispanic community. Um, You could put florida water on your body you could wash your clothes in it you could use it to wash your floors yeah wipe down your furniture you could use it for all types of cleaning and the same could be said about ammonia um using ammonia for whatever reason helps to protect against entities i'm not sure if it's the scent that they don't like To be completely honest, but I know ammonia for sure works. Um, And if you wanted to use herbs in your backyard, I know sometimes people don't want to necessarily use sage because there's a lot of... um, questions around the ethics as it relates to how sage is cultivated Mm -hmm. and whether it's a closed practice or not. But you could use all kinds of things that is growing in your backyard. You could use bay leaf, you could use rosemary, you could use mint. Local mint is, is just as fine if you wanted to use it for smudging your home. And then for anybody who's more on a religious path, I think most churches have the option of purchasing holy water. You could get your home blessed by a priest. When you are moving into the space or if you are currently in the space and you feel unsafe, that's always an option. The idea is that no matter what path you are on, there are resources that are available to assist you Mm -hmm. and your family because you deserve to feel safe in your space. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Crystals as well. Like literally right now, I'm talking to Gabby and I'm rubbing this amethyst on my head. It totally helps me calm down. So any final thoughts?
0: Well, first, I want to express how grateful I am that Nicole came forward and decided to share this story. Um, uh, I find that you could even in the way that she told the story, you could hear in her voice that it still elicited a fair amount of emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that she decided to be vulnerable and share this part of her life with us. I am grateful and i'm also wanting and i hope we've conveyed in this episode just how much compassion we have for the entity that you know was Mm -hmm. there and i i hope she's still not lingering in the home i i hope at this point she's found the peace that she's in need of but i i think that this is a really great example of how in a story like this there is no protagonist or antagonist Mm -hmm. i think these are just an it's an example of two parties
1: having different perceptions Mm -hmm. of each other and just being misunderstood yeah well yes big thank you to nicole we appreciate your contribution and if you have a story to share with us please feel free to send an email that'll be in our show notes we thank you as well for listening
0: absolutely have a good day guys and we'll see you next week for our next episode you
1: don't want to miss it Thank you for listening to Caribbean Mystic's podcast.
0: If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share with your family and friends. Like, follow, and subscribe to keep up with all of our spooky Caribbean content.
1: Do you have a story you'd like to share that took place in the Caribbean? Email us at Caribbean Mystics Podcast at gmail.com. That's Caribbean Mystics Podcast at gmail.com. Or check the show notes for more info.
0: Caribbean Mystics is created and hosted by Paulina Kriki and Gabrielle Carrard. Theme song is Folktale Juve Rhythm by Umi Marcano.
1: This episode of Caribbean Mystics is brought to you by Alexandra Marie Photography for all your life moments, raw and authentic captures in the unique landscapes of the Virgin Islands. She specializes in weddings, proposals, events, maternity, senior portraits, and family portraits. And the great thing about it is she offers a local discount of $50 off and wedding packages and loyalty discounts for returning clients. She's available to shoot on St. Thomas, St. John, and Water Island. Alexandra Marie Photography. Call 340-690-2062 to book your next shoot or check her website at Alexandra marie photography.zenfolio.com sage sanctuary this one-of-a-kind metaphysical shop is located on St. Thomas in the Yacht Haven Grand Shopping Plaza. They offer a unique collection of esoteric books, tarot and oracle decks, crystals, incense, apothecary herbs, and mystical resources to support the exploration of the sacred self. The sanctuary is home to multiple mediums, channels, and gifted psychics offering a glimpse into the seen and unseen. Akashic record readings, tarot readings, aura photography, dream interpretation, astrology sessions, various modalities of Reiki, energy healing, and more. Additionally, the Sanctuary hosts a community calendar of magical events, including weekly and monthly hands-on workshops expert lectures, guided meditations, sound baths, certification classes, and more. Make sure to call Sage Sanctuary today at 340-775-7253 or visit their website at sagesanctuary.com. That's sage, S-A-J-E, sanctuary.com.